0: How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Bearded Ecclesiologian podcast episode number six. We did it. Six. That's a number, all right. Uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. Um, thank you for everybody who has given me that five-star review and written a little uh, nice thing there for me. I appreciate that. If you haven't done so, do hey, you know, do your boy a solid. Give me that five-star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, This helps other people see the Bearded Ecclesiologian podcast. This, of course, is the podcast in which we explore all things church because do you know something? You want to know something? You know something? We need more teaching about the church, not less. And so I'm here. You are here. You're here. My beard's here. I have my ice-cold Coke Zero. They do not pay me for sponsorship. But they should. Free advertising. So last time, we talked about a hot topic. The rise and fall of Mars Hill and ecclesiology. You know what we did? We struck while the irons were hot, you guys. Everyone's talking about that podcast, and they'll continue to talk about it. We're going to move on, all right, to a different topic. Though, it is no less relevant for the times in which we live. Now, you know, I'm not a big fan of traveling. Uh, those who know me well know I'm, I am just, uh, I don't like it. I've traveled a fair bit in my life. I was in the military, I got deployed, I've lived in four different states, and all of that. But traveling, I don't like it. But I have to do it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'll go to conferences or convention meetings and twice a year um, I have to go to Louisville for doctoral seminars and when I do, uh, you know, something I'm thankful for when I have to do that is technology. Uh, I like that since I'm not home, I could get my phone or computer out and I could FaceTime my wife and kids before they go to bed. I like that I could see them and interact with them. And hear their voices and it really like boosts morale for me during the times that I'm away I wish we had that when I was in Iraq that would have been amazing but I'm thankful we have it now I get a sense of their presence of my family's presence even while we're hundreds of miles away from each other technology has taken ridiculous leaps forward even in my lifetime, we've gone from not being connected, uh, much except for like a landline, uh, to being connected digitally, uh, to an extreme degree. Uh, right. Like, you know, if Karen is eating uh, chicken pot pie for dinner because she posted on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And, uh, I mean, you know, when, uh, Francisco buys a new car, Or, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you see the ins and outs. Like, we're overtly connected now. We went from uh, landline cell phones, um, dial-up internet, and now it's just like um, we know the ins and outs of each other's lives instantaneously. And one of the ways we we saw the benefits of technology um, has been during the coronavirus pandemic, right? Uh, What happened was churches, of course, is... Uh, Bearded Legend podcast. So we got to talk about the church. Uh, what happened was churches had to shut down for weeks or months, of course, and in order to offer something for their members in the absence of gatherings, they aired digital services through Facebook or YouTube or on their sites or whatever. And this was a good thing. And for some people who are immunocompromised and trying to be cautious because of frail family members or, or sick family members, it continues, I think, to be a good thing. But now here's my question. You ready for this question? I have a question. Actually, I have several questions. Is it digital church a good thing all around? In other words, is virtual church a good thing for everyone? Is it a good thing for the church? And here's another question I want to ask Is it really church? Are we actually having church when we are not together? In this app, I want to explore virtual church. Okay, I want to talk about another topic that is fresh on our minds. Okay, I want to think about these things together. (sighs) What do you think? Tell me. Go ahead. Now, you can't answer me. But just think about how you would answer those questions for a moment, okay? You could even, hey, if you're in your car, you're listening to this on podcast, again, a benefit of technology is I'm recording this. You're listening to it later, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you could just, if you're listening to this in your car, just you, you, you're by yourself, just just say it like I'm there with you, okay? What do you think? Is virtual church actually church? If you stay home, and watch a service from your living room, can it be said that you went to church? Like you went, you can't see me because this is not TV, it's radio, but I put air quotes around went to church. Now, let me give you some full disclosure action, all right? Where I am, we went only digital services for several months at the beginning of the pandemic, and we were frankly slow to get back to in-person gatherings. But when we did go back to in-person gatherings, we still kept live stream and have to the day of this recording, we still have uh, live stream. We still have it because we have people who, like I said, have health concerns and are being understandably cautious, and we want to love them well, okay? But I will say this, I believe virtual church is an oxymoron. Without physical presence, I do not believe you are having church. So when we're, we were only virtual with no physical gatherings, I'm not sure I would classify what we were doing as, quote, having church. When I'm on a trip and I FaceTime my wife and kids, I'm thankful for that. But it's not it's not the same as being with them in person. I would not say of those Facetime calls that I was with my family dur- during those calls, like with them. Like, if we set up my phone, let's say, okay, I'm in I'm in this Airbnb in Louisville, and I set my phone up, uh, propped it up, and my wife props hers up so that I can see the whole table uh, during dinner, and I'm like eating this burger in Louisville on Facetime while my family's eating spaghetti in Georgia on Facetime. I would not say that we had dinner together. I mean, would you? Uh, Because I wasn't there. I I couldn't wipe. There there were things that were missing. Yes. I couldn't wipe the spaghetti sauce that my daughter inexplicably got on her forehead off. Uh, Like I couldn't reach over and do that. I, I can't hear the noodles hit the floor as my son decides he has had enough dinner. I can't pat my wife's bottom while she's making dinner. I can't give my daughters a hard time about how they're chopping the salad. I can't get my son cleaned up and go sit on the couch and with him on my lap and watch Paw Patrol for the 500th time after dinner is over, and so on and so forth. Do you, do you see? Something is fundamentally missing when we are not physically together in the gathering. We, When we did the virtual church, we would play songs. Uh, but we couldn't hear those watching sing. And we didn't even know if they were singing, right? We could read the scripture, but we couldn't hear people flipping the pages in their Bibles. We could tell our people that the whole family should watch together, but we couldn't see or hear the kids play with other kids from the church. We could connect on text or on the phone, but I couldn't walk through the church foyer and see our members talking and laughing with each other. We need to be we need to be together. Digital church could be helpful. Okay, so don't hear me. Denigrate it, all right? Well, I am kinda, <laughs> but not fully, all right. It could be helpful during a pandemic when you can't meet. It can. Or when you're sick on a Sunday. Or, or when you're out of town one week. But it is not a replacement for the gathering. Now, if you're thinking, yes. But what does the Bible say about this, Vaughn? Well, obviously, digital church isn't mentioned, but the evidence is overwhelming in regards to the importance of physically gathering. We've talked about how the very word translated church in the New Testament means the called out ones and an assembly, ecclesia. Or think of Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, how he repeatedly says, when you gather as a church. Or in 1 Corinthians 12, when Paul talks about being the body of Christ, uh, an image of the church that we will get to in a a later episode. The physical attachment of being a member of the body of Christ. Remember Thing from, uh, was that his name? Thing, the hand. Do you remember the hand? That was like just a hand with no body, like crawling around in the Ams family. You remember that? We see that and it's alarming, you know? because it's so weird and wrong, because we are members of the body of Christ, if we go all digital and never gather with each other, we're like thing from the Adams Family. You feel me? Like, it's wrong. <laughs> it's unnatural because we are meant to be attached to the body physically, gathering attached to one another. Or think of Hebrews 10, when we're commanded to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We are commanded to gather and all the one another commands of which there are over 50 of the New Testament are not possible. Brothers and sisters, hear me. They are not possible if we do not gather regularly with a church that we have covenanted with in membership. If you only do digital... Let me ask, how do you hold others accountable like you're commanded to do in the Bible? How do you use your spiritual gift? How do you get how do you get held accountable? How can someone know you're in sin and help you get out of it? How can you be helped through the pains of loss? How do you partake in the Lord's supper or baptism? You can't do those things digitally even if you think you can. I want you to consider this from Jonathan Lehman on the topic. This is what he said. He said, remember how you struggled with hidden hatred toward a brother all week, but then his presence at the Lord's table drew you to conviction and confession. Remember how you struggled with suspicion toward a sister, but then you saw her singing the same song of praise as you and your heart warmed. Remember how you struggled with anxiety over the recent election, but then the preacher declared Christ's coming, victory, and vindication. You heard shouts of amen all around you, and you recalled that you belong to a heavenly citizenry allied with hope. Remember all those times you've been tempted to keep your struggle in the dark, but then an older couple's tender but pressing question over lunch, how are you really drew you into the light? Christian, he continues, you and I can download biblical truths virtually, wonderful, yet we cannot feel and experience and witness those truths becoming enfleshed in the family of God, which both fortifies our faith and creates cords of love between brothers and sisters. I'll tell you, when we started gathering again, being around our members and seeing them and hearing them join their voices and hearing them turn the pages of their Bibles, man, that gave me life. Like, digital may be convenient, but it is not what God designed for us to be in the church, not in the long term. Now, I know there are some of the more fringe attenders or marginally involved before the pandemic became non attenders, but let me push back on that. If you stumbled upon this podcast and that describes you, friend, go gather with the church in person and join them in membership and stay forever and make it a life priority to gather with the saints every Sunday as much as humanly possible. Your creator did not design you for digital church. He designed you to physically gather with his people. And I bet some of you listening have friends or family members who are marginal or non-attenders and maybe COVID exasperated that. To you, I say this, push back against that. Be loving but sincere and enter into that uncomfortable space of telling them this is not what God has designed for you. You need to be with the people of God. You need to do it. Again, this isn't for those who are ill or are homebound or immunocompromised. Those are exceptions, not the rule, though, right? What I'm talking about is people who can gather, profess to be Christians, but refused to gather as a life priority, either once or twice a month or stopped altogether. Because I think this regular non-attendance or not going at all, or willing to miss three or four weeks at a time is a sign of a deep misunderstanding of membership and the importance God has placed on the church and an absence, perhaps, of deep discipleship. Trevin Wax at uh, the Gospel Coalition said this, If we blame the decline in church attendance only on COVID, We fail to consider the cultural conditions that were already in place before the pandemic and overlook an an outlook on religious faith that shifts the center of spiritual gravity to the individual and the family leaving church as something optional. Most Christians see church attendance as something optional, something good if it helps you along in your personal life, but not something commanded, required, or essential to your faith. We need to recover the importance of the church and of biblical membership and of gathering. There's nothing in the world like being with people who you have committed to and just seeing them smile in person or watching them hug each other or laughing in the lobby or kids chase each other around or, or looking around in the gathering and seeing older saints with younger saints, with babies, with toddlers, with teenagers, with people from different walks of life in the same room because of Jesus and then hearing them sing the same songs. What can replace that? Sitting in your living room in your PJs with a bowl of cornflakes while you watch a service on the TV as you doom scroll Facebook might be easier, might be more convenient, it might be what you prefer but it's not what God has for you. Friend, gather with the saints every week and encourage those dropouts, those church dropouts that you know to get back in the church and make it a non-negotiable of their life for the good of their souls. Now it's time for that part of the podcast where we give the quote of the week. You ready? This is on topic. All right. From Colin Hansen, he wrote a book with Jonathan Lehman called Rediscover Church. I have not got my hands on it yet, but I assume it's very good. Well, this quote. was adapted from that book. And this is what it says, Colin Hansen. When you're with others in the church, sometimes a certain song elicits an emotional response or tears. You come in from a difficult situation with your kids and people see that. Come in late and you sit in the back and you're by yourself. So the gathered assembly gives you all sorts of opportunities to be surprised by how people notice and care for you in an environment that's just not possible through virtual church. That's why I say that virtual church is an oxymoron, and we need to focus on the priority of the gathered assembly. Or consider this from Jonathan Lehman. Let's go for two. By biblical standards, there's no such thing as a virtual church. And aren't you glad, he says, Scripture offers us something embodied, better, and life-giving the assembly of his blood bride, who is beautiful. I hope you enjoyed episode six of the Beard Ecclesia Legend podcast. You know what i my ass, don't you? Don't you? You do. Say it with me. Do your boy a solid and subscribe. Give the podcast five stars. Tell your homies. Tune in to future episodes. Where we will cover all things church. Do you have a question about ecclesiology? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. You ready? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. What do you think about this episode? And do you have some pushback or questions about what we talked about today in regards to virtual church? I know this is like a new topic-ish. It's something we're, we're, we're just freshly experiencing. So if you have a pushback or you have a question about this, man, hit me up. And uh, let me address it on a future episode, okay? Maybe maybe other people. You know, remember when you were in college or in high school and the teacher's like, if you have a question, you should ask it uh, because somebody else might have that question too, right? So if you have a question about this or any other topic of ecclesiology, if you want to talk more about virtual church or, or let's navigate this, if you've had some, uh, maybe you've pushed back against a family member who uh, has now just not gone to church since the pandemic, uh, began and they're kind of digging, not going to the church, um, and you've heard them say something as an excuse and, and you want to ask uh, beard ecclesiologian, what about this reason? Send it to me. Let's talk about it, okay? There are a couple ways you could get a question to me. Number one, if you look in the show notes um, on your podcasting app, I know on Downcast, um, on uh, iTunes, or whatever the podcast you know, the native podcasting app on the iPhone, um, on Spotify, there's a link at the bottom of the show notes that you could click and you could send a voice memo with, um, your question. Um, I'm going to assume you want it to be anonymous unless you say different on that note. Um, now, um, if you don't want to do that with the voice, uh, just go to kvpaxton.com. And there's a link on there uh, for contact. You can just fill out that short form, and it'll be sent to me, and we'll cover it in a future episode, okay? Thank you again, as always, for listening to the Beard Ecclesiologian podcast. And we'll see you next time where we explore more about the church because you know what we need? We need more teachings about the church, not less. So see you then.